Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. We want to spend just a few more few moments we have remaining today to talk about making the year count. As I mentioned earlier, obviously it's uh, not what we consider our new year because of Hebraic calendar, but it's a great time to to begin to think: Am I making life count? We started our Hebraic uh, calendar back in early October, so we've had October, November, December now. Uh, the the secular calendars beginning a brand new year, 2018, and it's a great time to evaluate: Are we making life count? And I started praying and meditating on this. It was one of those interesting times that I have, which is exciting. You know, there's times I study to preach and just bring you what I've gleaned from my studies. But there's sometimes the Lord just drops something inside of you. And uh, when I begin to look at this this week to, to share this message with you, it's like the Holy Spirit just dropped this word inside of me. And so I'll try to communicate it just like the Lord gave it to me. When we start talking about making the year count, I saw a quote by Abraham Lincoln. Here's what it says. In the end, it's not the years in your life that count, it's the life in your years. It's not the years in your life that count, it's the life in your years. And I want to encourage you as we step over to 2018 that we need to really enjoy life. We need to make the most out of our life. And I believe the way we do that is by making life count. So I found several places in Scripture where it talks about counting. First thing I'll share with you is found in James 1, 2, and 4. says, my brethren, count it all joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If you want to make next year count, here's the first thing we got to decide before we get to next year. No, I can't control what happens to me. I can't control circumstances. I can't control what happens to me. But I can control my response to what happens to me. And I think the first decision we make if we're going to make life count as we get moving to 2018 is we're going to make the choice, whatever happens to me this year, I'm going to count it all joy. Because if I, because why? Because I know God is on my side. I know God is for me. I know God is only after the good things in my life. So if I don't see God doing something for me, I know he's actually doing something in me. And I trust that no matter what I have to encounter in 2018, God is on the throne. God is in control, and if he's not using it to bless me, he's using it to make me better and cause me to be the person that he's called me to be in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen? I got a quote that goes along with that that says something like this. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. So this next year, you, can, you can't change some things, but you can change your attitude. You're in total control of that. So touch three people and say, change that flat tire today before you leave. Will you? Change that flat tire today before you leave. Second place I found in Scripture when it was talking about counting simply says this. This is found in Luke 14, 28. Count the cost. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. I think a lot of people have good intentions when they start a new year. A lot of people have good intentions about their health, about their finances, about their spiritual life, about their relationships. I'm sure if you're like me, 
they're this time of year you start thinking about you know things that are and trying to make priorities in your life of I'm going to you know try to get healthier this year or I'm going to you know use I definitely want my prayer life my devotional life to to have a greater dimension you know I think that's one of all of our goals I want to grow in the Lord I want to be a better husband better wife right uh, I, w- I want to move forward I want to take steps forward in my life and we start out with good intentions uh, Bev and I were at a beautiful wedding yesterday. Uh, the Lafayette Sun, and it was just a gorgeous setting. We happened to be sitting at the table with this lady, and, and uh, we were eating some wonderful fried food. It was just unbelievable. I mean, I, every, anything fried is amazing, isn't it? And so we're just enjoying this great fried fish, fried cat, fried catfish, fried chicken, fried trip. You don't just cut the service off and go now, right? It's like it was just unbelievable. And this lady, she said, you know, she said, I'm eating this. She said, but I'm, you know what's going to happen? She said, I'm gonna have, we're going to have to get on a diet uh, sooner or later. She said, you know, me and the girls at my work, we go on a diet every Monday. She said, every Monday we start a diet, and then, you know, of course we don't diet, and then we go come around the next Monday and we start a diet. She said, but our boss always brings in cinnamon rolls, and it's kind of difficult to start a diet, so we'll wait till next Monday, and then the next Monday she brings more cinnamon rolls, and we just never start the diet, right? And, there's, and we all make New Year's resolutions. We want to do things, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I believe that what's important is not just good intentions, but that you make a plan, and you count the cost. Because I promise you, if you're going to do something different this next year, it'll cost you something. If you're going to go to the gym, you're going to have to spend a bit more. You have to get up a bit earlier. If you're going to have a prayer life, you're going to have to devote some time to that. If you're going to save some money, you're going to have to, you know, buckle in and, and do some things along the lines of stewardship. If you're, going to, if you're going to strengthen relationships around you, you're going to have to make time. You're going to have to count the cost. See, I'm convinced a lot of people start well, but they don't finish But the Bible tells me Jesus has a finishing anointing. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Ecclesiastes says, better is the end of the thing than its beginning. I just want to encourage you this year, not only get these good intentions and these resolutions, if you will, even moving to the year, but put a plan in action. Go ahead and count the cost. Go ahead and calendar it in. If you're going to take a step in spiritual growth, go ahead and make a decision. We're just going to get up early in February, and we're just going to come to the equipping classes. We're just going to do it. We're just going to make a commitment, and we're going to do it. And finish what you start. And I promise you, if you'll make that kind of resolution and commitment in your heart, God will back that commitment up with his grace. And next year, this time, you will look back and you will see you have grown so much in your faith and relationships in every area of your life just by allowing God to move you forward and counting the cost to finish. Touch three people say, I'm going to start some things and finish them this year. Tell them in Jesus' name. This is the next place. This is the next place I, ta- I found about, count, about counting. Count all else as loss. Here's what Paul said. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count. Somebody shout count. I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul the Apostle is obviously talking about he lost those things that he thought was important. His reputation, 
his ego, his standing as a, uh, in the community as a theologian, as a, a lawyer, as a, a scribe of the Pharisees. He, those things that he thought were important in his life, he actually lost those, but he counted them as nothing because he had gained Christ. And obviously I think that's a very powerful point in itself that you know, knowing Christ is probably the most valuable thing in the earth. And so it's worth counting everything lost to know that. But here's what this really spoke to me. I believe that there's a natural practical process that this scripture is speaking of. And that is when you try to add something to your life, it's not going to work unless you take something away. So this year, if you try to add a bunch of stuff without taking some things away, you're probably not going to get very far. So the real counting is in the, not just the adding, but the subtracting. And so what I'm determined to do this year is I'm going to try to subtract some things from my life so that I can add some things in my life. This is not the title of this message, but it would be a good title. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I get these emails. Do y'all get emails? Uh, They they just, right, pile up. And, and, And I realize that you can unsubscribe. What does that mean? They can't email you anymore. And uh, I just got to thinking, we, we get so much information coming at us all the time in this society, this technical society. Thank God for, for technology. But I think there's some things, if we're going to add some things, we're going to have to unsubscribe some things. Come on, somebody. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna have to change some priorities, if you will. We're going to have to let go of not only bad stuff, because I think, we, I think there's some, you know, you don't want to carry bitterness into next year. You don't want to carry anger. You don't want to carry unresolved issues. Those are, we all know that. You don't want to carry negative things. But there's some good things we might need to let go of so that we can embrace some, good, some great things with God. And so I know January is a great time to fast. I'm considering fasting some technology. How about maybe you just don't pick that box up right away in the morning? You know, you, the phone, you leave that down. Maybe we need to subtract some things from our lives so we can add some things to our life. Paul the Apostle said, look, I count everything else as rubbish that I may know Christ. That I may know him intimately and be acquainted with the Lord. My friend Bobby Connor says he, that he's afraid that we, that we are way too familiar with a God we barely know. But I promise you, if you'll subtract some things from your life this year and make time for the Lord in your life this year, really focus in on your devotion to the Lord in the Scriptures and prayer, I promise you, you'll look back next year this time and you will have grown so much closer to the Lord just by subtracting some things out of your life so the Lord can add some things into your life. So touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to learn to add and subtract this year in Jesus' name. Tell them. Let me take you to one more that I thought was, this one's been been huge for me lately. This is found in Psalm 90, verse 12. Here's what it says. So teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Psalm 90. Teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. That's the scripture where the Lord says, that I'm going to promise you 70 years to live. That's a promise, actually. The Lord said, 70 years, if by strength, 80. Right? 70 years, if by strength, 80. And so this is where the Lord's talking about the number of our years on the earth. And he says, teach us to count our days 
that we may find a heart of wisdom. Last we checked, death toll rates 100%. Right? We're all going to die. And I know that, you know, this isn't, you know, the happiest New Year message to, to get you to think about dying. But in reality, we're going to die. We only have a certain amount of time to live on this earth and to make a difference. And so the Lord says, if you will realize that and live like that and learn to count and number your days, it will give you a wise heart. In other words, you'll make the, you'll make the right decisions. You'll set the right priorities. You'll, you'll, you'll actually it'll change your behavior if you really begin to count your days. Because think, really, most of us, until we go to a funeral or someone close to us dies, we don't even think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. But when we do... In that moment of grief, in that moment where we realize that this life's so temporary like a vapor, it makes us think and reconsider. This year is the first time in my life that I've ever been afforded to have a coach in my life. I've never really had somebody like a mentor in my life, but somebody in our congregation was gracious enough to say, Ken, if you, if we would like to sponsor you to have someone to speak into your life and help you in your leadership abilities if you would allow us to pay for that. And it's been a huge blessing. And so the first thing they did, they asked me, do you have a life plan? I was like, I don't even know what a life plan is. And they said, well, you need to plan life. I said, how do you plan life? How do you plan life? He said, well, it's like planning one of your sermons. He said, don't you plan sermons? I said, well, yes, sir, I do. He said, well, you plan it, and then whatever comes, whether the Holy Spirit shows up or something, at least you've got a plan. He said, that's the way it is in life. If you just wander through life, you're probably never going to get to where you want to go if you don't have a plan. I thought, okay, you got my attention. My first task was to write my eulogy. They instructed me, I want you to start from the end and work your way back. So write your eulogy first time as it is. Just be brutally honest with yourself and write yourself a eulogy as if you died right now today, what would be said? Have you finished everything God told you to finish? Were you the husband that you wanted to be? Were you the father that you wanted to be? Did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? Did you make a difference in people's lives? And you had, I had to write my own eulogy. And I'm telling you, that's not an easy task. At first, I just wrote glowing things about myself. And then I was like, that ain't true. <laughs> but then you, it, it makes you think, doesn't it? Like, and this is what really got me. He said, you know, Kent, he said uh, at, at funerals, the first two rows are normally the most packed rows because those are really close friends and family members. And he said, and then the rest of the congregation, he said, my uncle was a pastor, and, and he had a large congregation. He said, you know, there were so many people that came to his funeral, they had to have two services. He said, he was a great man, great respected man. He said, but let me ask you a question, Kent. He said, those first two rows, he said, those are your friends, and those are your family members, and those are very close to you who are important in your life. He said, do you know what will determine the rest of the people if they come that day? And who will come that day? I said, no. He said, the weather. I said, what does that mean? He said, that means those front two rows are the most important people in your life, and you better spend a lot of time with them. 
And isn't it true we always try to get distracted and we want to please everybody else? And those very close to us, our family, our, those close to us are the ones that get neglected when they're the ones that God put in your life. And we spend all of our time trying to make cash, trying to build a career, trying to do all the other things that really are not as important as those who God has put right in our lives to love every day in a very, very, very powerful way, in a powerful fashion. And when we realize that our life is just a breath or a vapor, it makes us do life differently, doesn't it? it may, I, and and I, I, you can ask Bev. She'll be able to give you a better answer than me. But I feel like after I wrote my eulogy, I, it helped me. I, I, I find, a, I find a, something's going on in my heart to where I feel more like what Paul the Apostle said where he got to this place where none of these things move me anymore that I might finish my course with joy and fulfill the ministry that I've been given by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you begin to think toward the end all the time, thinking, hey, I, I, you only have so many more days left, it makes you think things don't bother you like they do or did in the past. You don't have time to get aggravated. You definitely don't have time to hold a grudge. Come on, somebody. You definitely don't have time to act a fool. Come on, right? You begin to think differently when you realize that you only have a limited amount of time to be here. There's a show, movie we watched uh, uh, a while back, and they had a clock on their arm, and it had their time on their arm, and you could see how much time you had left. And I've often thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if we just could look and saw the time ticking and running out? But right now, you may not have a clock on your arm, but I promise you there is a clock in your life, and it's ticking, 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 ticking into the future. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's moving Time's ticking, and so what's my point is let's don't waste another year on things that aren't important. Let's, let's don't waste another year on things that God's not wanting us to do. Let's don't waste another year on idle things that aren't important in our life and to God. Let's lock in on it. Let's make a choice. I love this quote. You can't reach for any. Oh, let's go back. You can't reach for anything new if your hands are full of yesterday's junk. So I think today we ought to just go ahead and lay aside regret and hurt and guilt and fear and anger. We sang this morning, come to the altar. I think today would just be that day we just lay a bunch of stuff, good stuff and bad stuff. Paul said, uh, I think Paul wrote Hebrews, he said something like this. I lay aside every weight and every sin that hinders me, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I think today we ought to just lay aside some weights, lay aside some baggage, lay aside some burdens that would keep us from moving into this new year, fulfilling our purpose in our destiny. I normally use this poem at funerals, and it really speaks to me every time, but I think it's very appropriate for today. It's simply called The Dash. Here's what it says. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from beginning to end. He noted that first came the date of birth. He spoke the following date with tears. He said what mattered most of all was that dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth. And now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own. The cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there some things you'd like to change? 
for you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. The video told us today, the good news is we're still alive. We've got another day to live. We've got another year we get to go into. We get another year that we get to follow Christ and, and live for him and, and, and be here for each other, those that God has put into our lives. And so I'm excited about 2018 that we can move into it purpose-filled, that God really wants to do something significant. I believe there's some weighty promises. I'm going to be starting a series next week called Rest on Every Side. And I felt like the Lord gave me that promise for us as a church that we're about to enter a season where there's rest on every side. Have you ever had rest on every side? I've had rest on some sides, but I've never had rest on every side. I said, Lord, I thought you wanted to do some great things in 2018. He said, I do. That's why I want to start everybody out in rest. Because I want you to enter into 2018 out of rest, not to get into rest. And I believe we're about to slip into a spiritual place we've never been before where God's presence is here in such a tangible way that our enemies that have tried to keep us from a future destiny and purpose are going to be defeated and we're going to have a season of rest on every side and we're going to be propelled exponentially into our purpose and to our destiny in this season. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. I fired up about that. And I really believe that God is wanting us to make this, year's, this year count. Last scripture I'll share. Here's what it says. He said, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself as an expert in all this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. I love that scripture. It says, I don't count myself an expert. Here's the good news. You don't even have to understand it all. You don't have to know all the Bible. You don't have to be a spiritual giant. I know a lot of people think they wait till they know enough before they can take an action or take a next step. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to count yourself in an expert all this. There's just one thing Paul said you got to do. Forget that which is behind and look forward to that which is ahead and begin to go forward toward what God has for me in your life. Touch three people say, I'm not going backward, I'm going forward this year in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.